Island Church in Galveston, Texas, welcomes you to our podcast. Be encouraged by Pastor Rusty Martin as he teaches the Word of God. I heard my, my dad tell the story many times of one of his clients who was a, a Baptist pastor, a black, black Baptist pastor, who pastored a church in Houston, Texas, and in San Antonio, Texas. And every other week, he would drive to San Antonio to preach at the congregation there. In the weeks that he wasn't there, he would be there in Houston. An Assembly of God preacher, I believe it was in Seguin, was the city he was in, fell ill, fell sick. I don't know what he was diagnosed with, but he was sick and dying. And this was a process of, oh, several months that had gone by. And so this, this, this pastor was spirit-filled and had a daughter that drove him. And so he found out about this Assembly of God pastor, so he stopped in at his house on a Saturday afternoon as he was transitioning over to San Antonio knocked on this pastor's door. Wife came to the door. I think they even said there were some attendants there, some nurses, people like that. He announced who he was, came in and said, I've come to pray for the pastor, and they were grateful and invited him in. He walked into the bedroom where the man was lying in a bed with machines hooked on him and had an IV in his arm. And he said, I want everybody to leave the room. He said, I had everybody, the attendants, the wife, everybody, his wife, his, his daughter, everybody. He said, everybody leave the room. So everybody left the room. So he pulled up a chair and he looked at that assembly God pastor in the face. He said, you been stealing any of the money? The guy goes, No. I wouldn't steal any of the money. He says, you been messing with any of the sisters? He goes, no, I haven't been messing with any. He says, then get up out of this bed. Don't you know you're healed? Did you know that guy got up out of, his, out of the bed? Totally healed. You know, you got to understand something. This is what we're going to teach on out of this scripture tonight. A lot of times the enemy talks you into being sick and staying sick. Now, let me say that again. And listen, his strength to do that, I, I, I'm not belittling anybody that has fought anything chronic, especially over a long period of time. Because you got two powerful forces working in tandem to, con to try and convince you of the reality of what's in your body, and that is your mind and your feelings. You feel the pain, you feel the discomfort, and your mind reaffirms that which the doctor has told you and the diagnosis that has been made. Listen, that type of information is, a is simulated into the mind, and it, and it literally increases the mind's ability to accept the condition of the body. Doctors and people that study medicine will tell you that. That's why they want you to have as much information as possible. Did you know that's why? is because that information, re well, we have to know what well, we have to know. Well, there may be other information that may help you a whole lot more than having some detailed definition of what's going on in your body. Yeah. Now, the, the, the scripture that I would always think of when, when Pops would tell that story was in the book of Proverbs chapter 26. Now, it says this in verse 2. Proverbs 26, verse 2. As the bird by wandering, as the swallow by flying, so the curse causeless shall not come. Everybody say with me, the curse causeless. Say the curse causeless. Say it like this, the curse 
without a cause shall not come. Now, as I, as I attempted to do this morning to, to, to enter into some more things about authority and walking in the authority when it comes to our mind and the warfare that goes on in our mind. A couple of the medical books that I have re read, and they were not medical textbooks, they were just books about medicine, but both of them that I read talked about 60% of all sickness and disease being psychosomatic, which means the mind is convinced of the reality of the sickness or disease, so the body accepts it in manifestation. Amen. Think you're sick, you're sick. You think you're sick, you're sick. You know, one time I was fighting some symptoms, and I was just standing on the Word of God, speaking the Word of God, and I, and I remembered the Scripture over there in the book of Acts where, where the Apostle Paul stood before Agrippa and he said, I think myself happy. Whoa, that got into me. I think myself happy. Well, he was in the worst of conditions. I mean, he didn't have the liberty or the freedom. People were trying to kill him. He was under threat. He was being taken from one place to another. Although he had great favor, and God was with him, and God was blessing him. He was still very restricted in what he could do. And he said in front of Agrippa, I think myself happy. I bet he had a big old smile on his face. Well, if you can think yourself happy, that'll also work when it comes to your healing. See, whatever dominates your thinking, you're going to begin to say and speak, and that's what's going to manifest. But listen, if you've cleansed yourself of all the things that you know you're doing wrong and you've said, Lord, I, forgive me, I will not practice sin. I will not practice this sin or that sin or whatever may have had you bound. And you know you're walking with God, talking with God, worshiping God, living for God with all the understanding of the word that you have to your, the very best of your ability, then why in the world would you stay sick if there's no cause? Amen. Now, now, I know we can all come up with excuses of why, well, pa Pastor, you know, now, now th this went on in my life and, and I've had this and, and this runs in my family. I've heard that several times. You know, high blood pressure runs in my family. Diabetes, heart disease. Well, you know, it does. It runs in the human family. But when you got born again, you got out of the human family. It took you out of the family that you were in and put you in God's family, but you've got to declare that and walk in the light of it. You know, most of y'all know who uh, uh, Jesse Duplantis is. Uh, Jesse, uh, years ago, we ministered with him, did some things with him. But one thing that amazed me about him, his family, you know, they were all from South Louisiana, and most of the men died in their family way before they even got near their 50th birthday. I mean, you know, the... The Cajun diet down in the bios with a lot of beer and uh, everything else you can put in you down there. I mean, you know, it just wasn't either people work offshore, work hard. I mean, his family had heart disease for several generations. He made a decision. It stops with me. I think Jesse's 74 now. He, I think he's the oldest living. Uh, one of his magazines, though, that was, no, I think he's the oldest living male that's lived in his family for like four or five generations. Well, the curse stops with you. So our, our family has all this, all these, uh, you know, divorce and all. No, no, no. You're not in that family anymore. The curse has been broken. Now, two, two quick, two quick, uh, two quick uh, scriptures or two quick translations. The Passion says this. An undeserved curse will be powerless to harm you. It may flutter over you like a bird, but it will find no place to land. 
man, I like that. I like this one. You have as little, you have as little to fear from an undeserved curse as from the dart of a wren or the swoop of a swallow. Now, we know what that's like at our house. We live right there on the bay. And we got these birds that have serious attitudes. And when it's nesting season like it is right now, and you walk out there on that pier out there, they will, they will, they'll come right by you. But you know, not one of them's ever hit me, not one of them's ever landed on me. And I don't go out there going, oh no, oh no, the birds are swarming the birds. And I saw the movie, The Birds. <laughs> so I've got an imagination, amen? Galatians chapter 3, we'll close with this. Everybody ought to have this memorized marinated, saturated, soaked, tattooed into your spirit being. Amen? Verse 13, Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law. Well, there's a reason, Pastor. I tell you, I've, I've been under the curse. My family's on You can say all you want to about whoever did this and whoever, but I tell you, there's a curse in my family. Christ has redeemed us from the curse. What curse, Pastor? What curse do you want? Now, notice how it says in King James. Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is anyone that hangs upon a tree, that the blessings of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles through Jesus Christ, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit of God by faith or through faith. Now, there is the curse that came on humanity in the fall. Everything that leads to death, sickness and disease and poverty and lack and depression and oppression, war and everything that is packaged in the curse, in the fall of man, God took and identified and showed it to his people in the law. Thou shalt not. Thou shalt not. Thou shalt. He showed it to them. This is a curse. This is why thou shalt not. Because if you thou shalt not, the curse is going to come on you. That bird's going to land. Amen? Now, we live in a different dispensation. We live in a different time. Now, the curse has been broken. And it's not the choice of God whether or not to put his hand or pull his hand off of you. It is your choice of how much you want to get up under that grace that he provides as an umbrella. in which you being redeemed from the curse of the law begins to take all kinds of definitions in your life. From the healing of your body to the blessing of your finances to the clarity of your mind where you're not under the influence of all that's going on in the earth to the joy of God that is in your heart. Ha, ha, ha. Amen. Hey, I'm still having a good time. You didn't get that. He said, what do you mean by that? I, I, I texted Breland. She's down in Mexico with the... Then I said, be sure and have fun. You say, well, serving God is fun. We have a good time serving God. It's joy unspeakable and full of glory. You say, well, I don't know about you, but I tell you, my life's been pretty dull lately. Well, start serving God again. 
Listen. Passion Bible. Christ paid the full price to set us free from the curse of the law. He absorbed it completely as he became a curse in our place. For it is written, everyone who is hung upon a tree is double cursed. Jesus, our Messiah, was cursed in our place and in so doing dissolved the curse from our lives so that all the blessings of Abraham can be poured out upon even non-Jewish believers. And now God gives us the promise of the wonderful Holy Spirit who lives within us if we believe in Him. Well, I just don't think God would really heal me because my past... God gave you the Holy Ghost. Come on, church. You know, sometimes people, have, they have that type of mentality where they think they've disqualified themselves because of some type of behavior or, or, or religion. or something. That is so wrong. That is so wrong. God has completely redeemed you by destroying the effect of the curse that was upon humanity and you must step up, step up under that umbrella of favor by recognizing everything between you and God is okay. By the blood of Jesus. You're going to have to fight those fights in your mind and in your, and in your, and in your memory. You're going to have to cover that with the blood. You're going to have to speak to those thoughts that come to your mind. But you're going to have to stand up and say, listen, there ain't no reason for this to be on me. I have forgiven and I've asked forgiveness. I've hum humbled myself. I've believed I receive. I shall have it in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, Father, unless you're a complete liar and your word is untrue, I'm going to continue to stand here and rejoice and thank you that I believe I receive my healing. And there's no curse, no curse, no curse. Christ has redeemed me from the curse. The blessings of Abraham belong to me. I am a partaker of the Spirit of God by faith. Now, you know, there's a scripture there in Romans chapter 8. He that spared not his own child. Amen but gave him up for us all. How shall he not also freely give us all the lesser things? You say, what do you mean? Well, thank God for healing, but there's something greater than healing, and that's salvation. And with your salvation, God put healing power inside of you. And all you got to do is activate it by faith in what the Word of God says and begin to declare that you're the healed of God. And in the face of everything your mind tells you and everything your body tells you, you still stand and rejoice and thank God if you've got to do it on the, in the ambulance on the way to the hospital. Amen. Lift your hands up. Hallelujah. Woo! Praise God. Now, let me just say this. Sometimes we minister by the laying on of hands. There was a powerful healing anointing in here this morning. Amen. But you know, this room right now, this, this small auditorium is saturated with the Word of God. And the subject tonight was being freed from the curse. So whatever curse has bound you, sometimes it's not something physical. Sometimes it is mental, a fear, a phobia. There's so much fear gripping the hearts of God's people in this day and hour. They've been conditioned. They have conditioned response. 
Amen. We need to get, get that out of us. We need to get that out of us. Break that conditioning. Break that stronghold. And in the midst of all that has come, and in the midst of that which is coming, we were interceding and praying tonight in prayer and speaking into the future and declaring ourselves free from the coming pandemics. And we declared the same God that deliver us, that will deliver us from the effects of the current one. He'll prepare us for the one that's coming and set us free and we can walk in the liberty. We know now. We, know, we got hit blindsided once. We know now. So we have no excuse other than to pray and believe God. Amen? Hallelujah. So lift your hands back up or I'll preach another message. Say, Heavenly Father, here in your presence, I declare there's no curse on me. There's no curse on my mind. No curse on my body. No curse in my spirit. No curse on my finances. No curse on my marriage. And in the name of Jesus, I'm declaring the freedom that Christ has purchased for me the freedom of the curse being broken. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord Jesus. You broke that curse. And all the promises of your covenant friend, Abraham, the healing, the health, the protection, the favor, the prosperity belong to me. I am a partaker of the Spirit of God by faith. Amen? Amen. Now lift your hands and receive. Come on, lift your hands and receive. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Brother Rob, are you ready? He's going to serve us communion. Welcome, Brother Rob Tussie, if you will. Come on, Brother Rob. Oh, can you use this handheld or you need this lapel mic? So one of the things about um, how we perceive things, and I was just sitting there in the back and, and this uh, was revealed to me, but the way you see things is very dependent upon who you are and, and your vantage point depends on who you are and what's ingrained within you. Um, you know, and you know, some folks would, would probably ask, well, um, you know, this being an ordination night, you know, aren't, aren't you already ordained? And well, yeah, I've, I've been ordained by, by uh, people a couple times, uh, ordained once and for all and forever settled in heaven by God himself. And that's the ordination that really matters. Um, but, you know, there was just a, a difference. You know, I, I walked into uh, Island Church uh, Priscilla and I did in 2018, um, just uh, through an invitation of friends that that met us uh, at the post office uh, for you know what what I thought was by chance at the time, and come to know now it was uh, by divine appointment. Uh, but that perspective changed because of who I am now. Um, when I walked in and uh, the the very first service. 
uh, you know, Pastor Rusty stood up and uh, asked a question to the congregation. And he said, who here has a message in tongues? And I was like, whoa. And, uh, and somebody did. <laughs> and it was, it was so beautiful and, and so eloquent. And, and I was like, man, that's, that's interesting. And now, now when I hear it, now when I hear it now, it, it's all changed. I, I know that something is getting ready to come out of the Spirit and, and come into fruition. But the way that I see that now changed, not because of the circumstance, the circumstances haven't changed. The message is still there. The unction of the Spirit is still there, and that's what gave it. But how I perceive it has changed because... Who I am now is different. And it all changed on, on that beautiful day when the Holy Ghost baptized me just beautifully, uh, just, just as Cornelius and his household received it. When, when Peter went in and, and as the words were being spoken, you know, it, it wasn't, and, and I've seen some of the most beautiful services where we've had people stretch from this door to this door and and through the laying on of hands the the holy spirit comes and 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 just finally that just urges up out of that wellspring of their inner spirit man and just comes out of their mouth and what they believe in their heart and they confess it with their mouth and and all of a sudden uh, they have that ability to be able to speak in a language that they have not studied and and that not even mankind uh, can can uh, understand it that the devil can't take those prayers away because he doesn't understand what's being said between you and God and it's such a beautiful, beautiful thing. And, and when I would see that, it's different now because I'm different. Something, something changed with me. But sometimes truth and, faith, truth and faith have to come face to face. And when, when truth finally, our faith finally meets up and becomes truth, it's a beautiful thing. And I, I want to share with you, um, you know, it, it, it's been a while since I've been able to uh, administer communion, but I want to start out with uh, a, a couple passages and I'll go really, really quick. This won't be a, a normal Rob sermon. We'll, we'll get done way before midnight, I promise. Um, but in John chapter 7, so uh, Jesus here, he, he's uh, gone to the festival of the tabernacles. There's a, a huge division among the people about who this man is, this, this man from Galilee. And, and the division's coming because uh, some of the people know where he came from, yet some of the people believe that he's the Messiah. Uh, and, and the vantage point, you know, the situation is what it is, but how you, their people are viewing it are dependent upon who they are. And... Still, even though that there are people who are saying he can't be the Messiah, this cannot be the one that was promised, there's still many in the crowd believed in him. They said, when the Messiah comes, will he perform more signs than this man? John would tell us later in his Gospels that Jesus did so much that not even the world could contain the scrolls of all the things that he did. The Pharisees heard the crowd whispering such things about him. 
Then the chief priests and the Pharisees sent the temple guards to arrest him. And we'll, we'll pick back up on that in just a little bit. But I want us to be able to um, read a little bit from another story before we, we finish up with uh, this particular situation. Pastor, I've done something for the first time in my life. I've never brought an iPad into the pulpit. So this is, this is it, by faith. Facts meet faith right here. On Easter Sunday morning, 33 AD, two men, one named Cleopas and, and another man, uh, we're not sure, or another person, we're not sure who it is. Some say that it was uh, perhaps his wife because they weren't named in the Gospels. Uh, others think it was another one of the disciples that had followed Jesus. But regardless, they were uh, headed back home. They'd left Jerusalem. Um, they were headed back to a town called Emmaus and uh, in, into their village. And as they're walking, uh, it, it's estimated that this is a, a 7 to 17 mile journey, depending uh, on how it's interpreted with, with the measurements. Um, but anyway, they're on a, a, a pretty significant journey if you're walking. And all of a sudden, uh, as, as they're walking on this road to Emmaus, they're joined by a mysterious figure also uh, headed out and, and leaving Jerusalem, headed in the same direction that they are. Um, and one of the, I, I love how, how the Passion Translation states this, but we're, we're going to be reading it here in just a second. Um, it says, what are you talking about? That is so sad and gloomy. I, I mean, can you imagine this? The, 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 in, in majesty and power, in, in the same spirit that we've read about it, as Pastor Rusty talked about, the same spirit which raised Christ from the dead, in majesty and glory, triumphing over death, hell, and the grave, he walked out of a rolled away borrowed tomb with the keys. And now he's on the road to Emmaus with these two disciples. And they're talking about something sad and gloomy. While he's celebrating the greatest victory that's ever been had. Jesus said to them. Now at this time they don't know who this is. This is still the mysterious man on the road to Emmaus. So he looks over at Cleopas. Why are you so thick headed? Why do you find it hard to believe every word the prophets have spoken? Wasn't it necessary for the Messiah to experience all these sufferings and afterward enter into his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he carefully unveiled to them the revelation of himself throughout the scriptures. As they approached the village, Jesus walked on ahead, telling them he was going on to a distant place. They urged him to remain there with them and pleaded, stay with us. It'll be dark soon. So Jesus went with them into the village. There he is in Emmaus. Joining them at the, at the table for supper, he took bread and he blessed it and he broke it. Then gave it to them. All at once, their eyes were opened and they realized he was Jesus. Then suddenly in a flash, 
Jesus vanished from before their eyes. Stunned, they looked at each other and said, why didn't we recognize him? Didn't our hearts burn with the flames of holy passion? While we walked beside him, he unveiled for us such a profound revelation from the scriptures. They left at once, hurried back to Jerusalem to tell the disciples. When they found the eleven and the other disciples all together, they overheard them saying, It's really true! The Lord is risen from the dead! He even appeared to Peter! Then the two disciples told the others what had happened to them on the road to Emmaus and how Jesus had unveiled himself in the breaking of the bread. Let's take our elements. These men, and I'll give them just a second to make sure everyone has the elements as, as we take our, take our bread and let's hold it and just give consideration to it. You know, some, some Bible scholars say that uh, it was when Jesus extended his hands to, to break the bread and, and they, they saw the scars on his hands and, and they, they realized then that it was the scars that, that revealed it to them. But you know, the, the Bible talks about how when he spoke that their spirits burned inside of them. And if you were there as disciples, those a disciple was a follower of Jesus. It was someone who, who followed and, and, and was there during the miracles and was there during all the things that happened. And if you were there on the day that he physically showed all in attendance when the multitude gathered in what's called the feeding of the 5,000. And when all of those thousands gathered, he took bread and he blessed it. And he started breaking. And he kept breaking 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 and he kept breaking, he kept breaking until all we're satisfied. When the Messiah comes, will he do more than this man? No, because he was the Messiah. And it was revealed to the people through the breaking of bread. Father, we bless this bread which to us by faith represents the body that was broken for us. The bruises, the stripes, the punishment that would bring peace between us and you was laid onto the body of Jesus Christ. I pray, Father, that you would reveal to us the Word of God as we break the bread. We thank you for the sacrifice that was made. We declare healing. We declare peace. We declare wholeness. 
because Jesus was broken for us. In Jesus' name, we bless this bread and take it as a church body. In Jesus' name, partake of the bread. As we take our cup, Back over in John chapter 7 where we began. You remember the Pharisees heard the crowd whispering such things about him. Then the chief priests and the Pharisees sent temple guards to arrest him. And some things happened and some things were said. And You go all the way down. It's almost like you forget about that this ever happened. But then we pick back up in verse 45 all the way down. Finally, the temple guards went back to the chief priests and the Pharisees. The chief priests and the Pharisees, they asked them, Why didn't you bring him? Where is he? All they could say is this. No one. No man ever spoke the way this man does, the guards replied. I want us to take a second as we as we take a look at the at the juice and, and go ahead and prepare it to drink. the Apostle Paul tells us on the night he was betrayed that Jesus he took of the fruit of the vine and he blessed it and, and told them that this would represent his blood the blood that would be shed for the remission of sins he would also go on to tell us the importance of of making sure that when we eat of this bread and, and take of this cup, that it's important that there not be anything in between us and the Lord. That we need to have a clear vision, I believe, of the sacrifice that's being made each and every time that we take of this. And I want us to just close our eyes and, and allow ourselves to see in the Spirit for just a second. I want us to be able to take the steps as your eyes are closed. I want you to feel a rocky, stony sand under your feet. Allow your chest to feel what it feels like as you're walking upgrade, up a hill. The tightness in your muscles. as you take steps and, and make a long and, and agonizing, steep, graded hill. And at the top of the hill, on a cross, there's blood coming down off a man. A crown of thorns upon his head, 
He's been beaten until you can barely even tell that he's a human being. He's been pierced in his side. Blood flows from his hands, from his feet. Around his eyes, you can tell where tears of blood because of the capillaries and the stress that was upon him. As it's pouring down. Allow it to get more and more clear. Father, we thank you for the blood that was shed on the cross of Calvary. We thank you, Father, that Jesus was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised, Father, because of what we have done. The punishment that was meant for us, he bore upon his back. The diseases and the iniquity that was released upon this earth by the stripes that he took. We are healed. And we see Jesus, Father, no longer upon a cross. Oh, but our Jesus, he sits at your right hand. Thank you, Father, for that victory. And now we no longer have to cry out for the blood, but the blood cries out for us as it sits fresh upon the mercy seat. And we are reminded that Jesus paid it all for us. Bless this blood, which to us by faith represents the blood that was shed on the cross that gave way to victory. In Jesus, in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. Let's just, for just a minute, let's just sit and worship Jesus. Nothing else for the next few moments. It's just Jesus. Just Jesus. Just Jesus. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. And the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and God bless you. Clean up here. Praise God. Rob, come stand here if you will. Priscilla, come stand with him. Praise God. Hallelujah. Alan and Pat, if you can come, if you will. Can somebody take care of Jack or hold Jack? If not, one of you come. Praise the Lord. Um, Praise God. Isn't God good? Doc, you're here. Praise God. Who else? Where's Roy? Roy and Monica, you guys come. They're on the board of the church. Praise God. God is so good. Josh and Kayla, you come. You guys are on staff. Roy and, I mean, no, Roy. <laughs> Roland, Roland and Laura, you come if you will. Praise God. Hallelujah. 
Thank God. Amen. Now we're going to lay hands upon you. We've called this an ordination service, but in reality what we do in these times is we, we follow the template of the, of the book of Timothy where the hands were laid upon, obviously upon Timothy, and, and gifts were stirred on the inside of him, and prophecies were made or given. And then when the apostle Paul, who Timothy was his spiritual son, somehow by the Spirit or either through the testimony of others, realized that uh, his, his boy was, was uh, discouraged, he reminded him of the gift of God that was stirred up by the laying on of hands and the presbytery and how they prayed, spoken into his life. And then what the, the prophecy said, to go before and fight a valiant and courageous warfare based on the word that was spoken and will be spoken over you guys. Amen. So if you will, step in and let's just lay our hands on this couple. Father, we thank you. Lord, he will minister from Island Church, ordained through this ministry. But Father, we know the gifts are from heaven. The desire is from heaven. So we lay hands upon this couple tonight. We stir the gift of God that's on the inside of them. Lord, they've had a taste in the past, but they've never had the fullness of that which you've called them to do. So, Father, whether it be a church, a place in the world, a mission field, an evangelistic ministry, whatever it may be, that you begin to stir on the inside of them. Thank you that they'll be prepared by the Holy Ghost, the Word of God, and the Spirit of God. Thank you that right now they are killing their lions and their bears that rage in front of them and try to deny them access to the vision of God and to the destiny of their lives. And thank you that you're preparing them to slay the giant that would dare enslave them with the world and the world system so that they may live as the king that God's called them to be, serving the king of kings and the Lord of lords. Father, we pray for the gifts of the Holy Ghost to begin to stir and work in their lives and ministries as they speak. We thank you that words of wisdom, words of knowledge, that prophecies, tongues, and interpretation of tongues bring edification, exhortation, and comfort. We stir, Father, gifts of healing, special faith, working of miracles, that your will may be performed in the earth and that people may be delivered from their suffering and recognize there's a glorious God in heaven who loves them. Thank you for it, Father. Thank you for it, Lord. Thank you for it, Father. Now, Lord, all the details and all of the steps necessary to fulfill their calling, we stand with them as a church, removing the obstacles. Lord, where there's ignorance, let knowledge come. Father, where there's weakness, let strength rise up. When depression sets in, let joy rise up. When the enemy comes in, like a flood, God will raise up a standard. In every, in every area, in every way, live and declare your victory. Declare that you're the redeemed of the Lord and you say so. Speak the word to your finances, to your body, to your minds, and to your situations. And settle for nothing less than His supernatural glorious power. 
manifesting on your behalf, bringing forth the will of God and causing many to be blessed. Do not be afraid of growing pains for God is working upon your character. Fear not conceiving of something new and allowing that gestation period to take place and then seeing it birth and come into reality. The days are short. The times are serious and perilous. The demand upon your life is an assignment from heaven. Discover it, embrace it, and move into it and win your victories in Jesus' name. Now, Father, we release that. Stir it in. Stir it in them. Stir it in them. Thank you, Jesus. Have anything else? Praise God. Hallelujah. We good? We clear? Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Man, I sense a wonderful anointing. Glory to God. That was good, though. Don't be afraid of growing pains. My goodness, the wisdom of God is so awesome. Isn't God good? Let's lift our hands and thank God. Amen. Hallelujah. Father, we worship you. We thank you. We glorify you. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. The Lord is good. Amen. Well, let's all stand and rejoice with them. Hallelujah. We have... Give them a big hand clap. Come on. Give Brother Frank. We need to get him one of them big brandy glasses up there, you know. Or, you know, when you get blessed, you can go up there and put some money in it. Well, it's good enough for the world, isn't it? I'm going to get you one. Put, your fir- put the first dollar in it. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Isn't the Lord good? Hallelujah. Everybody say, the Lord is good. And His mercy endureth forever. Fathers, we leave tonight. We declare your protection, your safety, the power of your word working in our lives. Thank you, Lord, for all your goodness. Thank you, Father. Your blessing is upon us to preemptively reach into the future and declare our victories against that which may be coming toward us in time and space. We rejoice tonight in your hand of protection upon our travels, upon our loved ones and friends on the mission field, upon all those that name the name of the Lord Jesus. We thank you. No evil befalls us. No plague comes nigh our dwelling place. Angels of God have charge over us. Thank you, Lord, as we travel in the righteous labor of our hands, as we transition through this week, we live on the mountaintop in the victories of God. And Father, we'll fear not that which the enemy tries to do as we stand and declare his goodness in our lives. Thank you, Lord. We're a witness to many as the Spirit of God in us answers prayers of others, removes doubt, fear, and intimidation, prepares the way for men and women to see Jesus like they've never seen him before. We thank you for it, Lord. For all of the men and women that name the name of the Lord Jesus here at Island Church, we call them blessed. For those that are here tonight, we say bless and blessings be upon you. And in Jesus' name, we leave here tonight covered by the blood, empowered by the Word, and anointed by the Holy Ghost. Thank you for listening to Island Church's podcast. To find out more information about Island Church in Galveston, Texas, visit our website at islandchurchgalveston.com.